0: Would you stand and listen for the word of the Lord? This morning we're in the fourth chapter of the Gospel of John, beginning in verse 7. A Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. His disciples had gone to the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask a drink of me, a woman of Samaria? Jews do not share things in common with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, sir, you have no bucket and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our ancestor Jacob who gave us the well and with his sons and his flocks drank from it? Jesus said to her, Go, call your husband and come back. The woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You are right in saying, I have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one you have now is not your husband. What you have said is true. And then in verse 39. Many Samaritans from the city believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I have ever done. So when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them, and he stayed there two days. And many more believed because of his word. They said to the woman, it is no longer because of what you said that we believe, for we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this is truly the Savior of the world. This is the Word of God for the people of God. Be to God. I can imagine the headlines in the local newspaper the next day. Suspect Samaritan sparks revival. <laughs> or wanton woman becomes great Christian evangelist. Or maybe even authorities investigate controversy at the well. (laughs) This was a scandalous experience that John is telling us about that happened between Jesus and this woman he meets one day as he's traveling along. Now we don't have to understand all the local prejudices between Jews and Samaritans. We don't have to even know all the prohibitions in Judaism in terms of men and women and their public interactions, for we can understand that a woman married five times, now living with another man, is an unlikely candidate to bring on a revival. And yet, that's just what the story tells us, that she is the one that brings revival to her community, that she is the one that spreads this good news of eternal life that's being offered this living water that Jesus speaks of. We have this story early in the Gospel of John of Jesus who's gathered some disciples traveling along. We can assume it's noon, it's a hot day. They come to this ancestral well of Jacob They stop there to get a drink. The disciples, we are told, go on into town to do some grocery shopping. For whatever reason, Jesus decides just to stay at the well. While he is there, maybe hoping for some alone time, this woman approaches to draw water. And when she gets there, Jesus asks her for a drink. You can tell there's something going on when she responds in verse 9 and says, How is it that you, a Jew, ask a drink of me, a woman of Samaria? And then just in case we don't understand what's going on, in parentheses, John adds, Jews do not share things in common with Samaritans. Now, a little background here can help us. We could start with understanding that, sort of like today, Israel and all of the neighbors there do not always get along. They live in close proximity. Sometimes they have conflicts. In Jesus' day, though, there was this bitter divide, if you will, that goes back hundreds of years, when the northern tribes of Israel had been conquered by the Assyrians after the Assyrians were there for a while, they begin to blend their cultures together. After they've been there a while, they begin to intermarry. The Jews see this as antithetical to everything they are about. They have been called and set apart as a people. It's important to be racially or ethnically pure to fulfill the role that God has called them to as the chosen people. And yet they've been conquered. They've intermarried. Samaritans, as seen by the Jews, have intermarried with the so-called foreign invaders over time and therefore disqualified themselves from being part of the chosen people. And so there is this divide that has been going on for some time. They are cousins, if you will, but they are not getting along. But there's also another issue here that doesn't have anything to do with ethnicity or racial purity. It has to do with gender. The strict codes of Judaism forbid men and women from interacting publicly. The strictest of rabbis, it is said, would not even acknowledge, let alone speak even to their own daughter, If he were to see her in public. We have records that say that it would ruin a rabbi's reputation if he was ever seen or known to have spoken to any woman in public. And yet here we have this story where Jesus as a Jew is speaking to a Samaritan. Here as a rabbi, as a male, speaking to a female, he is crossing a whole host of barriers in the story that we have read. And not only all of that, but he seems to have chosen to do this with a woman of questionable reputation. She obviously has some weaknesses around the area of marital relations. We're not entirely sure what all had happened. The story does not tell us why she's had five husbands and now has another man. But it's clear that she has struggled, that perhaps she has some weaknesses that Jesus can help her deal with. This whole series, Scandals of Scripture, I'm calling it, that we're going to be working on over these next several weeks, we'll be looking at different biblical characters and their struggles, their weaknesses, and hopefully finding help from these scriptures in terms of dealing with, with our weaknesses it's so easy to look at someone else and identify their problems and their weakness and sometimes even prescribe the solution oh we know what they should do more difficult to look at ourselves and yet as christians it's important that we learn the skill of self-examination and self-reflection learn to listen for god speaking to us about who we are and who God wants us to be and how God might help us deal with our weaknesses. So we'll be looking at a number of these stories, hopefully, that will help us to do that. In our story today, we've identified weaknesses, particularly around relationships, possibly expression of our sexuality, but there's one more weakness here that the story raises that I want us to consider. It has to do with prejudgments. It's a weakness around prejudice we often see prejudice between different groups of people so often if people are different than we are if they dress differently or live differently or behave a little different than we do we do not want to be close we push them away sometimes we ostracize them sometimes we even go so far as to condemn them we make Negative judgments. We overgeneralize so often based on stereotypes or little information. Perhaps even today, you experience what I did in reading this story. As I begin to read about this woman, I begin to make negative judgments about her. The story doesn't really tell me about her character, it gives me a little bit of information. Easy to use that to jump to a negative conclusion but what i want us to think about is what happens when we make quick negative judgments based on very limited information because i think what this story points out to us is that we help trap them rather than help freeing them for abundant life we help trap them rather than helping free them for abundant life what we see is that jesus recognizes the problems he doesn't say this woman doesn't have any problems but he doesn't stop there he goes ahead and engages her in a conversation and offers her life offers her uh, offers her a connection offers her love and he risked a great deal in doing so he risked his own reputation and social standing nonetheless he reaches out to her across all the social barriers and customs and codes of his own faith and time how about you have you ever reached out to someone to offer them life to do good for them to offer them love if it risk your own reputation If you were at risk for your own social standing, or own security, or own profession, have you ever been in that situation where you had opportunity to reach out, to take a risk on behalf of someone else? On this Independence Day weekend, I couldn't help but think of our founding fathers and all the risk they took for the cause of freedom. John Adams was one of those key leaders. He's not as well known as Jefferson or Hamilton or Washington or Benjamin Franklin. And yet he was very important in terms of what happened in the colonies in this independence movement. He had a great education. He had studied law and civilizations and government. He had looked back through history to see how people had organized themselves to try to understand the best way to do that. Some say he was one of the greatest legal minds in the whole country at the time of the Revolution. He was well-known in the colony of Massachusetts because he was the one... Who had been appointed by the king to be in charge of the whole colony. He risked not only his reputation, but his security. He risked his life. He risked the security and lives of his family, in fact. If he would have only stayed loyal to the king, he would have had honor and fame and fortune just by maintaining the status quo. And yet, he chose a different role. He was important in the writing of the Declaration of Independence, even had a more central role in the writing of our Constitution. You may remember he was elected vice president when George Washington was elected as president. Then he was elected to be the second president of our country. He risked so much for this cause of independence. For this cause of freedom, he committed all of whom he was to try to help make this happen. Now, it's easy to look back and cheer them on, but we should remember that the cause of freedom in the early days was not a popular cause, and yet he, he dared to step beyond custom and social expectation to serve a greater cause and we enjoy the results on this weekend and the next few days the fourth of july will be celebrated in lots of different ways but we should be ones who are giving thanks for those who took such great risk so that we might enjoy the freedoms we do today that brings us back to the story we read from john what were the results of the risk that jesus took with this woman of Samaria. We are told in verses 39 and 41 what happened after they had this discussion. Verse 39 says, Many Samaritans from that city believed in Him because of the woman's testimony. And then in 41, And many more believed because of His word. Truly, she expanded the notion of God's love being offered to people. This whole idea of living water is the image that Jesus uses. He says, in fact, it's going to to be like a spring gushing up within us, a spring of living water unto eternal life. But it's interesting to note, Jesus takes the first risk In terms of speaking to her he reaches out and speaks to her first and takes that risk but after the conversation it's interesting to me that she takes the second risk oh she too knows she's violated the norms and customs of the day perhaps she's at the well at noon when women typically would come in the morning or the evening because she's already been outcast from her community but she goes back to them nonetheless and shares that she's had a conversation with this man and he's offered her living water and eternal life she is spreading the good news in her own day and in her own way the offer of living water and eternal life were great news to her Jesus had given her something, apparently, that she was yearning for. He offers her a source of refreshment for the soul that is without end. The same offer is available to you and me even today. It's an illustration of what we heard if we read through the Gospel of John from the beginning in the third chapter, after we hear the story about Jesus talking with Nicodemus You have heard the verse, I bet, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that everyone, everyone who believes in him may not perish, but may have eternal life. Jesus risked to share that with her. She took a risk to share it with others. What risk will we take? What are we willing to do on behalf of the gospel? What risk will we take for the cause of Christ? What barriers are we willing to cross to share love with another? Who might we invite into the family of God? All questions worth pondering as we wait our opportunity to participate in communion this morning. Amen.